Hello there. Welcome to Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. Anne-Marie Miles here. Lovely to have you with me again this week. We're going to talk about one of those subjects. Well, gosh, you know, I mean, I think it's a bit like Marmite. You either love it or you hate it. We are going to talk about exercise. Now, I don't mean up two, three, four, down two, three, four. Now the other eyelid. I mean the real deal, getting out there and getting moving. And the reason that we're going to do it this week is you've noticed, haven't you? The change in the weather, the evenings drawing in, the cooler days. It's not really conducive for getting out there, especially as the, I don't know about you, but around here there's been lots of rain in the last couple of weeks. So it's going to be a little bit harder for the next few months. That's why I wanted to do this session now and see if we can make a plan and encourage ourselves to get out and keep moving even during the dodgy weather. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share a couple of exercise stories with you and then I'm going to just maybe talk about a few practical things that we can keep in mind for staying active in these colder days and rainier evenings. I wanted to tell you the story about when I first got into kind of group exercise. Uh, I decided I was going to join the local running club. (laughs) Don't ask me why. I just decided that I was going to do it. I wanted, I'd always wanted to give running a try. So I found the biggest t-shirt that I could find in the house, threw on these tracksuit bottoms that I used to wear when hoovering became a matter of national urgency, put on the old runners that were lurking, dusty and limp under the, all the other shoes, and I walked down to the leisure centre. I can't remember ever wanting to die so much. They were all in these fancy runners, colour-coordinated leggings, these cool running tops, all standing in little groups chatting away while simultaneously stretching in all these directions. I mean, how do you stretch and talk at the same time? I I still don't know. I'm a bit like Rocky Balboa. You know, I can't walk and talk at the same time. But there I am praying for the trumpet of the Lord to sound and eventually we all get called to order. So we're split into four groups and the other three groups, do you know what they did? They just started running. They all just ran. Like it it was the most natural thing in the world to do. It was really, really disconcerting. The fourth group, my group, known as the one mile group, headed for the rugby pitch to get started. So after a few jumps and sprints, I was ready to say, thanks a lot. See you next week now. But no, that was the warm up. They were the easy exercises for those who were unable to reach their ankles and pull them up behind their left ear. So we started to walk, run around the park and my desire to die was very soon replaced by the belief that I was actually dying. Um, Thankfully, I managed to live through the ordeal and got to the end of the walk run session, but I was last. (laughs) And uh, that was a few years ago. I'm still last. I did my first ever park run a few weeks ago. And guess what? I was last that day as well. Um, But anyway, it was a very interesting experience. It's not something I felt I could stick with. I know lots of people join running groups. I couldn't cope with being last all the time. If I'm going to be last, I I decided, well, if I run on my own, I'll also be first. So that's what I I tend to run on my own these days. But I know for some running groups are really helpful. So I didn't stick with the group, but it got me going. It gave me confidence. It got me moving. It taught me how to stretch before and after running, which are actually really important. And I probably 
probably am one of those people who stretches in strange directions. I just can't talk at the same time. But that that was my, my running group and I still run a bit, but I didn't stick with the group. I decided after I left the group that I should do something. So I decided that I would join a gym. There was a special offer for six months and I thought, right, I'll go. I'll join the gym for six months. I knew I wasn't going to stay. I was never going to be a gym bunny, you know, long term. But I felt if I went, took the six month deal that it would that it would help. So I went into the local leisure centre and a lovely girl at the reception desk. Really, really nice because I was mortified because I'm huge and she's gorgeous and slim and her little neat little top and neat little cycling shorts but she, you know, she was lovely and I said I'm thinking about going for that special offer of the six month membership and she said yes yes of course she said now if you have time now we can do the tour now of the gym if you want she said it's quiet and I'm thinking brilliant you know she can show me around there's not many people there and then I can get out really quickly and I said oh yeah okay that's great I'll do the tour she said okay yeah just give me a minute she picks up the walkie talkie Kyle Kyle hiya it's Mandy at reception can you come in and take somebody on a tour and I'm like Kyle did you say Kylie and she said no no Kyle Kyle is going to show you around I'm going Kyle is going to show me around you're not going to show me around Kyle is showing me around yeah 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 here and next of all this vision arrives at the reception desk and I'm like okay then hello you're not by any chance Kyle are you and he was like, yep, I'm Kyle. I'm mortified. Kyle takes me into the main gym, talks me through all the machines and I want to die. And then I'm scarlet because Kyle is gorgeous, you know, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness. And then we go over to the weights and there's a couple of guys at the weights and Kyle's like, you know, this lady might be joining and they're like, you know, how are you? And I'm like, hi. So he said that these are all the different weights and, the, and you know, there's a, there was a set of kettlebells and a set of dumbbells and mats and steppers and all sorts of stuff. So I said, that's great. Thanks very much. Bye. And he said, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to show you the, uh, the sauna and the steam room. So I'm like, OK. So Kyle takes me up to the sauna and there was thankfully nobody in it. And uh I was already sweating. <laughs> but when he took me in, into the steam room to show me the steam room, I the, the sweat was dripping down my face like it was rolling off me. And he's like, are you okay? I said, yeah, fine. Well, we won't stay in here. I just wanted to show, show you the steam room and the sauna. And then he takes me down to the pool. And honestly... I don't know what stopped me from jumping in. I was absolutely heaving with the heat. So he takes me through all of the stuff. Then he brings me back to the desk and I'm dying to get back to the desk to ask Mandy for a tissue so I can wipe the sweat off my face. But Mandy's gone on our break and Greg's at the desk. <laughs> and I think Greg might be Kyle's cousin because he's the same shape as him. And didn't look very differently. So Kyle says, I'll hand you over to Greg there and, uh, you know, you can fill out the form with Greg or you can just take away a bit of information. And I'm like, thanks, Kyle. Thanks very much. And uh, so Greg gave me the forms and 
whatever. So I didn't stay very long with Greg because I literally, my clothes were stuck to me. I was absolutely sweating bananas. I left and I went home and I I actually did join. That's the surprising thing. I'm really, actually really proud of myself because I just was so mortified. As I was walking around with Kyle, I was trying to make myself smaller, trying to suck myself into myself. I felt so embarrassed, but he was lovely. Like he was really, really nice. He didn't talk to me like I was somebody who wouldn't be able to pick up a kettlebell. He took me through all of the stuff and he was really, really nice. He didn't bat an eyelid, you know, that I looked like two people stuck together. But so anyway, so I did. I went and joined uh, the gym and didn't see Kyle all the time. But every so often, you know, I got him. There I'd be, you know, on the treadmill. I was in a pool of sweat every time he saw me. Yeah, so I did. I did my six months in the gym and, you know, it really helped me. I worked with kettlebells. I mean, sometimes you had to kind of squeeze past the big guys who were doing their workouts, you know. Excuse me. Can I squeeze past you to get the three pound kettlebell, please? Thank you. (laughs) I kind of inch past them. Just get the little tiny kettlebell and then just walk away with my tiny kettlebell. But uh, no, they were all lovely. It was it was really nice. So, yeah, I did six months in the gym, tried most of the machines. I didn't use any of the big weights, but I tried most of the machines, did a lot of stepping and stuff. And actually, I think that really helped me. It helped me to gain some core strength and it helped me to realize that actually if I move, it improves things for me. It really did improve my core strength. And I remember uh, at one stage, uh, one of the guys in the gym were helping me with a particular exercise. And I thought, I oh, know I can't do that. My knees are really, really bad. I couldn't kneel down and you know, if I was trying to get something out from under the bed or under a chair or I could not lean on my knees at all at any stage. And he said, well, that's because you don't use them. He said, it's, be, it's because you, you, you need to strengthen them. And I didn't believe him. I genuinely didn't believe him. But actually, after the six months, my knees were an awful lot stronger because of the exercises that I was doing, the, the stuff with the kettlebells and stuff. It was definitely, definitely worth it. I gained confidence. Things hurt less and less. And what I did was I bought a, a couple of kettlebells of my own, bought a stepper, bought a mat, and I decided that I would do those exercises at home, which I do at the moment. Probably not often enough, in fairness. I've always struggled with how I look. And still, I still struggle running in the park because I, it's hard and it's quite obvious that it's hard for me to run. <laughs> I find it hard to hide the fact that it's hard for me to run. But I want to share with you something that I wrote in 2017. I write for a Vox magazine, which is a magazine in Ireland. And uh, this was for their July 2017 edition. And uh, the article was called Dance Like There's No One Watching. There's a fantastic park near us. It's my usual walking, running venue these days. It's always kept in pristine condition. And a new riverside path has just opened up, adding another option to the varied routes I like to take. My favourite path is a tree-lined winding avenue that leads away from the main park to some exit gates. They open out onto a main road that would take me in the opposite direction to where I live. So when I get to the end of that path, I U-turn and go back the other way. And I always feel totally stupid doing it. I don't know why, but I, I get anxious as I get to those gates. And inevitably, there'll be cars stopped in traffic and drivers will sit staring into the park as I do my 180, as if I'd forgotten where I was going. Or worse, another runner enters the park as I'm about to U-turn. So it looks like I've taken a shine to them and I'm going to follow them back up the path. 
It is beautiful, though. I can't not take that route. But for those few moments as I reach the end, I dread the U-turn. A few weeks ago, I thought I had the path to myself. As I got near the gates, there was no traffic, no sign of anyone entering the park through those gates. I ran a few steps further than usual, just to make sure I was alone, peeked out of the gates, not a soul in sight. So in celebration, I added a couple of dance moves to my U-turn, did a bit of a cha-cha-cha-cha-cha, complete with hand flourishes, swung around, only to be greeted by two joggers, a mother walking with her little one in a pram and a council worker doing some litter picking, all coming towards me. You know when they tell you to dance like there's no one watching? Well, guess what? Nobody was watching. They weren't taking a blind bit of notice of me. They didn't stop or stare or applaud. Gutted. The mom walked on with her little one out of the park and up the street. The litter picker didn't miss a beat of his whistled tune. And here's the real kicker. The joggers got almost as far as I did. They nonchalantly U-turned and headed back up to the other end of the park. Who knew? The world is not standing around waiting for me to look stupid. The world is not poised, mocking grins ready, waiting for me to fail. And neither is God, even though I do fail every day. I believe it's quite the opposite with God. I believe he's poised, loving, smile, ready, waiting for me to succeed, applauding my efforts, ready to forgive and encourage if I blow it. So I'm off to the park. There may be running. There may even be dancing. But I'm not going to worry about who's watching me because I know who's watching over me. So like I said, I wrote that in 2017 and I'd forgotten it. I'd actually forgotten that I got to the stage where I didn't care who was watching me. Because one of the things that has stopped me from going for a walk or a run is the school kids in the park. I think during lockdown, when most of the school kids were at home, I forgot about them. I, I didn't see them. But once they went back to school, if I was in the park running early when they were heading for school uh, or, you know, around the three o'clock mark, half three, when they were coming home, I always felt really self-conscious and I would sometimes not go, just not go out for a walk in the park. I think I let the fear really overcome me. And now, as I mentioned at the beginning, we're getting into the colder weather, the cooler weather, the rainier days, the dark evenings. There's not much really to sell going out there, is there? If you're not used to it, if you're not already committed to it committed active runners they don't care what the weather's like they go out but if you're like me if you struggle with your confidence if you struggle with the thought of people seeing you it doesn't take much to stop you from going out but I absolutely have to I have to keep going I have to keep moving I don't want my knees to pack up I don't want to lose that strength that I built up I'm struggling. I'm really struggling with the weight loss at the moment and the exercise. I'll be totally honest with you. I'm just going through a period of really difficult weeks where I want to eat everything and I, I don't want to move. I want to curl up on the sofa and eat something warm and comforting. <laughs> but that's not the answer, is it? That is not the answer because I want to lose my weight and become fit and healthy and be the best version of me that I can be. What's the point of words, wobbles and wisdom if A, I don't try my very best, but B, I don't be honest with you 
you know, what's the point in me talking if I'm not going to share the truth? So a few things, if you're struggling like me with the time of the year and one thing is I do love hats. Absolutely love. It's one of the few things I like about winter and I do love wrapping up, you know, warm, heavy jumpers and scarves and hats and stuff. And I think that's one thing you've got to do is get out there for as long as the weather is bearable, even if it's cold, as long as it's not lashing out of the heavens, you know, wrap up, buy yourself some nice hats and nice scarves and get out there. So that's my first thing is get what you need. If you if all your runners are one bit of rain and your feet are soaking, get some waterproof walking shoes. So get the footwear you need, get the warm, heavy hat, coat, whatever. Make sure you have what you need to go for good walks in the cold weather. It's a simple thing, really, but sometimes you need to make sure you've got the good footwear and the the warm, snuggly scarves and stuff. The second thing is find somebody to go with, especially on the dark evenings. If you head out kind of early tea time, then it's getting dark on the way back. And sometimes that would put me off. Find somebody to go with. There are walking groups. See if you have a friend or a family member or somebody you know who has a dog and walks it regularly and go on their dog walks with them. So find some company because the company will give us a bit of accountability, won't it? And will give us, um, even if we thought, oh, I won't bother. And then the text comes, you want to meet at seven. It gets you up off the chair, doesn't it? When you've got somebody to go with and somebody to chat with. The other thing is if if you would like to exercise at home one of the things I bought I think it was 12 quid was um, a stepper and what I do is I put on some music with a good fast beat and I literally walk on the stop and then do kind of just step up and then step back down and then step up and step back down and you only need to do it especially at the beginning for about 10 minutes anything more than that like 15-20 minutes and the following day you be aching like it's it, it is a really good workout and stretch make sure that you find you know if you've never been taught how to stretch properly there's lots of youtube videos just to help you to stretch before and after but i find the stepper great because walking on the spot is not really you know you don't feel like you're doing much but if you go up and down on the stepper it really is a really good workout and it's it's an inexpensive thing to have and then it's a little thing i just shove it shove it under the bed then when i'm not using it and if it's just too cold for you and it's just too wet for you and what i would say is and I'm saying it as much to myself as anybody else, resist the temptation to hibernate this coming winter. Resist the temptation. If you see a pleasant afternoon, just go, just go. Set your buck for 10 minutes. Walk in one direction for 10 minutes, turn around and walk home. If it is absolutely torrential raining, decide that you're not going to let a couple of days go by without doing some form of exercise in the house, whether it's walking up and down the stairs, you know, set yourself a target of walking up and down the stairs once an hour. You have to make a commitment, don't you? You have to make a decision that even if it's, you know, six foot of snow outside and you can't get out the door, that you're not going to spend the whole of the winter hibernating. We've got to keep moving. I don't want to end up next spring stiff and sore from just sitting around for the whole of the winter. So let's make a pact, guys and gals. We are going to keep moving this winter, regardless of the weather. Make sure we have the the right gear we need, the good shoes and the warm coats. Get a friend to make you accountable and, and get out there and get walking and chatting and out in the fresh air as much as possible. Buy a bit of equipment like a stepper to, to keep you moving if the weather is too bad. And at the very least, decide that during this winter, 
you're going to stay as active as possible in the house so that come spring when the weather starts to improve and it's time to get back out there that we're not three months behind that we're ready to get moving again give me a shout let me know what you decide let me know what you're going to do and if you're local let me know where you're going to go for a walk and i'd love to come with you so nearly done of course we have to finish with the highlight of every week's podcast frankie are you there what is that about (laughs) what is that about well here's my thing this week right post-it notes they don't stay they don't stick post-it notes do not stay where you put them I love them they are so handy and I use them a lot but my goodness they won't stay where I put them they won't stay on the computer screen. They won't stay on the pin board unless I put an actual pin in them. They won't stay on the fridge. They won't stay anywhere. They just peel, but not immediately, you see. That's the bit that annoys me. You put them on, you give them a little rub, 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 stick them on, and that's grand. And you watch and go, huh? Is it going to stay? Yeah, it's going to stay. Is it? Yeah, it's going to stay. As soon as you turn your back, it starts peeling off. And then by the time you come back, it's on the floor. And then the sticky bit is covered in carpet fluff. So you have to use a new one. They should stay where I want them to stay. The only thing they stay on is a page. So if I am writing in a notebook or writing in a diary and I I stick one in there, they'll stay there. But then I'm closing it anyway. So it has helped to stay. I want them to stay on other things. I want them to stay on, on Richard's forehead, you know, when I want him to remember something. I want them to stay where I put them. That is my bugbear this week. Post-it notes that don't stay where I want them to stay. Anyway, that's it. That's my little bugbear for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Really nice to have you with me. If you want to listen to some more, you can go to annemariemiles.co.uk. Links to all the other episodes are there. If you want to buy me a coffee, which some have done, thank you very much. You can do that there. If you want to find me on social media, I'm Amo Writing, A-M-O-W-R-I-T-I-N-G. And it would be lovely to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening in today. You take care and I will see you and you will hear me next week. Bye bye.